0: This week on The Startup Life. You can create your own curriculum very easily. What's missing from that, though, is uh, sometimes you can be a bit isolated. And so the social interaction that you get in school is very important.
1: All right, Startup Nation. So let's take flight with Frank Cottle, founder and CEO of Alliance Virtual Offices. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. (laughs) Oh, this new crazy mother... Yeah hey. Hey Startup Nation, do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own luck, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We're here with Frank Cottle. How you doing, Mr. Frank?
0: Doing just fine, thanks, Dominic.
1: All right, did I say your last name correctly?
0: Uh, Frank Cottle, yes. Frank
1: Cottle, I'm sorry, my apologies. Make sure I get that right. Uh, Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the startup nation today?
0: If you've got a container, I've I've got the juice.
1: Sounds good, let's get started. So let's begin with this. How did you uh, start your path to entrepreneurship?
0: You know, that was really, I think, a family issue. Okay. Uh, my father and grandfather were on my father's side, were both serial entrepreneurs. Uh, I guess sure. I guess, on both sides of the family. They built quite, quite successful companies, my father in particular. And so I grew up around the kitchen table uh, at dinner, if you will, uh, hearing stories, learning lessons. And it's sort of, I think, in the DNA of our family.
1: Awesome stuff. So it's kind of like a generational thing for you, if you will.
0: Yeah, you, you grow up with it. Um, Absolutely. I think it's any child that learns, a language, and we'll call this the language of entrepreneurism, sure. um, is always comfortable with that language for their entire life. Uh, it, unlike somebody who might learn a language in their 20s or 30s, then they don't think in that language. They only speak it.
1: Absolutely. And so
0: I think as you learn things as a child, you, you, you think in that language. and uh, that's uh, really the way that I, I grew up.
1: Awesome. And I'm glad you said that. I actually have an episode in one of my earlier episodes called The Language of Entrepreneurship that speaks to that very notion. So thanks for that plug. Uh, (laughs) I really appreciate that. So let me ask you this, Frank, what was your first business idea and what did you do with it? My first,
0: it wasn't really an idea. It was um, just a a basic business. As as I was going to college, uh, I wanted extra money and needed to work my way through doing a few things. And so I became a commercial diver. I I had that skill. Okay. Uh, already as, as a sport diver when I was very young. Uh, and so I became a commercial diver and worked for a company and did some very interesting work uh, uh, with, with that group. Um, but uh, moving on from that, that company lost its contract. We had a contract with the U.S. Navy. Uh, yeah. That company lost its contract. And so I decided with uh, one and uh, two of the employees from that company to start our own diving company. Gotcha. Uh, so, uh, it was really my first idea was survival and out of need. Um, and it seemed easier to start a company. If you, if, if you look at it, uh, you know, college kind of trains you to work for somebody else. For sure. Uh, for sure. I, and I was on the front line while I was going to college and I realized immediately that, uh, there was no stability working for others. Gotcha. I had more stability working for myself and that has turned out to be, be true through my career.
1: I hear that. Now, Frank, that leads me to a follow up question because some of the guests I have on from time to time, we kind of get into that college uh, scenario and we actually have a question based on that later on. But let me get your take on it now, actually, since we're kind of already there. Do you think that whole, you know, go to college, then get a job and work for 30 years? Do you think that's an old business model? Or do you think that still works in today's economy?
0: Well, I I, I think it works for some people. Okay. Uh, uh, certainly. Um, uh I was asked not to return to the first college i attended okay uh, so <laughs> I was basically okay. kicked out of school gotcha uh and uh then I settled down and and, and went back to school at uh and, and took a couple extra years to finish i think though that while I was going to school, I was working the whole time or the from my sophomore year on um and that shaped a little bit of my opinion uh back in sixty nine uh, I was making four or five times what my professors were making, so <clears throat> as a commercial diver. So, uh, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily uh, overly inspired by by many of the lessons they were trying to pass through. Understood. Uh, that was uh, a misconception on my part. I should have paid a lot more attention than I did. I'm sure. Understood. Um, but I I think that if you look at today, if we look at the Gen Z, mm-hmm. um, and we look at what they're doing. That's the first native technology generation we've had. Gotcha. Uh, and when I talk to young people um, myself, uh, uh, that are 16 to 18, to between 16 and 20, we'll call it, they're self educating at a faster pace than mm. classic academia. Interesting. Uh, and today, if I were to be a student, I could say, well, let's see, I want to go this direction. So I'm going to sit down and listen to four TED Talks, and then I'm going to spend the next four hours after or an hour after each one of those talks researching that topic so I understand it. Now, if you get the right talks, and let's just use... TEDx and TED as, as, as illustrations for, sure. for that, you can, you can create your own curriculum very easily. What's missing from that, though, is sometimes you can be a bit isolated. And so the social interaction that you get in school is very important. Um, it's not just to get on the good old boy network that, that some schools imply, uh, but it's right. to learn how to deal with people. Because if you can't create relationships in business. I don't care
1: what kind of education you've had. You won't really succeed. Understood. Thank you for sharing that. Let me ask you this, Frank, who or what inspires you as an entrepreneur and why? I'm going to go back to family. I'll
0: just say my okay. dad. Okay. I'll just say my dad. He was my first real entrepreneurial inspiration. And, and I think of the lessons he shared uh, through time with me. Uh, and uh, that's a constant reminder. So the heritage of my first inspiration in that regard, is still with me today. Got you. Now, Frank,
1: you're the CEO of Alliance Virtual Offices. And so I'm curious, what, you, what do you wish you would have known before you started Alliance?
0: I think I wish I, my, my, uh, I, I reference interpersonal skills. As I started our company, this, this company, um, I was very optimistic about such things as partners and partnerships. And I made some bad decisions uh, with partners and partnerships uh, that turned out to be very optimistic in the beginning, but uh, didn't end that way. Um, and so I wish I'd had a little more understanding uh, of, of that aspect of business and and how you can get yourself in a very good position or a very bad position. I, I only saw the optimistic side of things for the first 10 years I was in business. Gotcha.
1: So you know, let me ask you this, just switch it up a little bit. So uh, have you spent some time in a corporate America? And if so, what did you learn from the worst boss you've ever had? I, I really have
0: have not spent much okay. time in corporate America. Okay. Um, I had one three year flirt uh, with Deloitte. Um, okay. they made me a partner over on the consulting side to, to do a project that we was really just a single project. Uh, but I, I still, I was, uh, in the C level of the company. So, or, or the organization. So I really didn't have a boss. I've never had a boss. I can yeah. tell you the best boss I've ever had okay. is,
1: my, is my wife. Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. I I understand that all too well being married myself. So I definitely understand what you mean by that. So when it comes to Alliance, how do you market or advertise Alliance to get the word out there Do you do social media, word of mouth works best, what works best for you, Frank? Uh, Sort of all of the above.
0: Uh, We do everything. We own a, a digital agency as part of our own company structure. So we have a full stack group of marketeers, if you will. Gotcha. Uh, everything from web development to uh, video, uh, audio, um, social media, uh, we, we, we kind of run on all cylinders. Gotcha. Um, and I think that's important for companies not to use a single channel. Uh, first, that channel might go bad. Second, you're going to just have to buy your way into it. Uh, third, it limits uh, your exposure and your market development. Uh, so you, you really have to use all channels. And when you say social media, most people think Facebook, but right. you know you have to be Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, uh, uh, Twitter. You, you have to go around the full gamut in order to capture the entire marketplace.
1: For sure. And so let me ask you this. What did you learn from your biggest failure?
0: Not to make it again? Fair enough. No, <laughs> um, no, um, I, I really think... Um, You're referencing college and and some thoughts on that. Got you. Uh, I think that the purpose of college is to learn how to make decisions. Mm. And so what what I think you could say in applying that, what you learned from your biggest failure is when you're having a failure and you, you recognize the beginning of it, cut it short instantly. Gotcha. Sort, of, sort of think of yourself as a gambler in business and, you know, let the, the good cards run long. And, but what, if you don't have the hand, if you're, you're in the middle of something wrong, get rid of it right then. Understood. Don't keep playing with a bad hand. And that's what I think the biggest failure that most people uh, suffer from. Uh, they continue to play a bad hand as opposed to getting rid of it. Got gotcha. you. Uh,
1: so when it comes to entrepreneurship, we always know that professional development is a big piece of that. So what does that mean to you? And what are you learning now?
0: Well, oftentimes people come to me because we run a variety of companies uh, globally. Mm -hmm. Um, And they come and they say, well, what, you know, what what are you Uh, And in my own position? What do you do? And I actually, my most common reply is I just aspire to be the best student of our industry. Uh, And so I think when you say, what are you doing now, Uh, lifelong. On everything I've done, I've always set aside about two hours a day for study. Um, I am one of those Gen Z attitude people of self-educating every day, every single day. Uh, It's not something you can start
1: and stop. Understood. And so, you know, with that being said, when you talked about, you know, the new way of people self-educating, you know, some people say in order to be successful as an entrepreneur, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, uh, you need a form of education, you know, to get the networking piece, this that, and the other. Some people just say you need an idea and some work ethic. So where do you stand on that spectrum?
0: I think you you absolutely need an idea and you absolutely need a work ethic with a capital E. For sure. Um, um, but I think more than that, no matter how good your ethic is or how brilliant your idea is, if you can't communicate it mm. um, in terms that others can understand, then it will be yours alone. Uh, you'll know it's great, but no one else will. So (laughs) from a formal education point of view, the thing that people really need to to understand is how to manage relationships and how to manage communications. Uh, If you can do those two things, then your idea and your work work ethic will come to fruition. If you can't do those things, um, then they won't. Uh, There's many ways to learn those things, some formal, some informal. But the time you spend in college as a formulative period learning how to make decisions um, uh, is, is, can be very val- valuable and very important. Understood. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say avoid school. It's just not always necessary or you can, you can do it. You can always be a little different.
1: Understood. Now I'm noticing a the theme with you, Frank, when you talk about communication and building relationships, how do you do that? Do you like go out to networking events? Is it through like LinkedIn? What is Frank's you know school of thought on uh, the process of building a relationship? Um, boy, all, all
0: of the above. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not, not much of an external networker. I don't go to events okay. for that purpose. Okay. Um, I actually kind of shun them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay uh, uh, uh,
0: but when i have a friend who has a friend that's who i want to know uh so on a personal level and uh, maybe it's just you know if you've been around a long time you have lots of friends all over the world um on a personal level uh, i i really like one on one meetings um okay. to and i like having uh, some commonality in advance um and so I'm a great one for uh, lunch meetings and breakfast meetings and dinners and things of that nature. Um, I have a, a friend, a colleague, he has a, a company called or a, a service called Lunch with a Stranger. Uh, right. And it's a very interesting way of introducing people. It's sort of a dating game, if you will, for business people. Right. Um, but that's really my preferred method as opposed to uh, going out to networking events.
1: Gotcha. So no no network speed dating for you, huh, Frank? No,
0: nope, no. Nope. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not I'm not that kind of guy.
1: Understood. Understood. All right. So really quick, before we go to break, what does the average day look like from sun up to sundown?
0: Oh, well, it depends on where the sun's rising, doesn't it? Okay. Um, for me, sunup generally starts in uh, Russia or the Middle East. Okay. Um, and I'm in California, so it can be an early day. For sure, uh, and then I kind of follow the sun as I work my way around to Australia, uh, Asia Pacific, and uh, sometimes uh, what gets lost in the middle is uh, India, because I'm in a direct 12-hour opposite with India, just about. So I just kind of work my way around based on time zones, uh, and do a lot of video. Most most of my work is done video conferencing, and because uh, it it gives me a lot more efficiency than physical travel, um, although you can't get away from face-to-face and breaking bread with people. Uh, last week, as an example, I was in London and Amsterdam. Next week, I'll be in New York. A couple weeks after that, I'll be back over in Amsterdam and Belgium. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get away from that, but you, you have to that that is augmentation to the technology processes of video
1: and, and web conferencing. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How you like being on the Startup Life so far?
0: Hey, I'm loving it.
1: Awesome. All right, Startup Nation, I hope you're getting great value from Frank's story, but we got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson and you're listening to The Startup Life. Are you ready to level up? Join me May 5th as I lead the AL Academy's Entrepreneurship 101 Workshop. Together we will create your elevator pitch, work on problem solving techniques, and so much more to get your path of entrepreneurship off to a great start. All attendees will take home an entrepreneurship startup kit, coupons for additional resources, and a chance to win mentoring sessions with some of Memphis's top entrepreneurial minds. So join us May 5th at Union Center, 10th Floor Classroom at 1331 Union Avenue, Memphis, Tennessee, 38104. Can't wait to see you there. Check out the link in the show notes. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So before we hop back into the questions, Frank, tell us a little bit about Alliance Virtual Offices and its place in the new economy and things of that nature.
0: Well, we're in the serviced office industry. Okay. And as an industry, we combine people, place, and technology into a single bundled product that we deliver with a highly flexible service agreement.
1: Okay.
0: So everything from classic business centers to co-working centers, incubators, accelerators, logistics centers, media centers, culinary centers, you name it. Mm -hmm. When there's people, place, and technology put into a single bundle and delivered with flexibility, that's the foundation for our industry. And Alliance Virtual, uh, uh, Alliance Business Centers, uh, uh, All Work Space, um, a company in the Netherlands, Flexado, a company in the UK, uh, your city office, they all operate on that format. And those are all part of our, our company group. We run, have about 700 odd locations, uh, facility locations where we supply services uh, in 54 countries. And so we're very much a global operation and have been for decades. The interesting thing about being in the virtual office business is uh, first, we can set up a office for a a company, 10 countries, 10 cities, 10 minutes. Uh, It's very simple to do. So people really like the ease with which we can do things that are impossible to do in conventional real estate. And it's all technology driven. We are a global organization. So if you want something set up in Kuala Lumpur or Calcutta or London or Paris or Rome, it doesn't matter to us. Got you. uh, so it's, it's quite a fun business and it's been fun deriving from the original property company that we started out as developing commercial properties to, to an operating company. So now we're a, a network services and technology company. So we've, evo- we've evolved decade by decade as business in general has evolved. We've not gotten stuck in an in a old model.
1: Understood. And with your company, that's why you're a, a huge advocate of that. You can start your business from anywhere, correct? Well, you can start it from anywhere and you can
0: run it from anywhere and you can employ people from anywhere. And one of the things we like about that is uh, it's very cost effective, mm. so a much lower cost operating model for our client companies. And if you think about it, uh, you might be the best at something. Uh, I might be the best at something. I might have a company and want to employ you, but that might mean you you have to move. You have to leave your family. You're upset. Maybe your kids have to pull out of the high school they're in, and you have to buy a house in a new marketplace. All these costs and things, this disruption to the quality of your life just to get a better job. Uh, you might be in another country and have to figure out the immigration angles and all those things. Understood. We should have to do that today. So, as a company, and what we do is we hire the best people we are and leave them in place when we use technology to manage, and we encourage other companies to think through that process. It's, it's, it's so easy, really.
1: It's so easy. Understood. And I'm, and I'm glad you said that, Frank, because a lot of times when people ask us for business advice or some along those natures, they always think the first thing they have to do is to get a brick and mortar location. And I always try to tell them, if you can put that off for as long as you can, you know, go ahead and do that, you know, because you don't want to have that cost up front. And so, you know, with what you do at Alliance, I'm, you know, you, you're helping me drive that point home. So I appreciate that.
0: Well, uh, you know, to take that a point further, let's assume you have a company and Mm -hmm. I have a company, right. And we're both going to go in and pitch a venture capital for fine for funding. For sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you go in and you say, well, I need a million dollars. And they say, well, what do you need it more for? And he said, well, uh, let's see, I've, I've got to get an office and I have to buy some furniture uh, and I have to get some computers and I have to set up a network and I have to employ a secretary and, and I, I need a conference room and all that stuff. Right. And they say, okay, so 50, 60% of your million dollars you want is going to go to infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And then I walk in. And this VC only has a million dollars to, 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 to invest that day. I walk right. in and they say, what are you going to do if I give you a million dollars? I say, oh, I'm going to hire programmers. That's it? Yeah, I, I don't need offices. Well, why not? Well, because I deal with Alliance Virtual and they set me up globally.
1: There it is. Where are you
0: going to hire the programmers? Where the best programmers are at the lowest cost. I mean, you don't need them all sitting in an office? No. I can connect them through my, my technology network that Alliance gives me. So th- who's going to get the money? Me or you? Oh, you are. Absolutely. Okay. Who's going to give the investors a better return, me or you? You are, of course. Okay. Move on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's it's a questioning.
1: It's over. Absolutely. We have the better model. Absolutely. (laughs) I hope you caught that startup, nation. I really hope you do. Uh, All right. So let me ask you this, Frank. What's the best and worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh, boy.
0: The best piece of advice. Let's see. Okay. I'll shift over to the personal side. Okay. Um, we've talked about relationships, and relationships to me means doing what you're committed to do in the relationship. When I was a young man, uh, i had only been married for a few years, and one of my clients, uh, I evolved from the diving world to the yachting world as mm-hmm. I was, after I got married. One of my clients was a very well-known Hollywood producer of the era, and marriages in Hollywood don't necessarily last, but this particular very high-profile fellow Mm-hmm. And his wife been married for 50 years. And so I asked him, um, you know, Billy, what's uh, the what, secret uh, to your marriage and your rose? Uh, to rose? And a rose. And he said back, I always treat her as if she's my most important client. When you have your most important client, you always return their phone call, you never forget a date, and you go out of your way to make sure that they're happy with your service. So he says, I always think of it that way, it might be a little odd, but that's what I think the secret is. And that's really the secret, not just to a good marriage, and I've been married now for 48 years, um, uh, but um, uh, that's the secret to a lot of things in business. Every client, every person is the most important one, at least to them, and you need to see them in that light. So extending that concept, not just for my personal life, but to business um, has been very important.
1: Uh, and that was, that was really valuable advice to me. Understood. Thank you for sharing <sighs> that. I appreciate that. So let me ask you this, Frank, what's a popular misconception about business about just starting a business or just running a business, if that might. Uh, that it's work.
0: Okay. Uh, business doesn't really work. It, 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 it's fun. Uh, especially if you're an entrepreneur and doing your own thing, uh, you know, making your own dreams uh, a reality, it, it really has to be seen as fun and not labor. Um, and so the old adage of if, if you do something you really love, you, you won't ever be really having to work or worry about it. I mm-hmm. think that's true. Uh, and so it's not a misconception, but you really have to look at how you perceive business in general Understood. Uh, And and find joy in what you do. Uh, If you if if you can't find joy in it, then you need to do something else. Gotcha. Don't have a don't have a job. Have a career. Gotcha.
1: So let me ask you this, and I know you probably don't have a ton of employees, but what do you look for in an employee at Alliance?
0: Uh, That's simple. Decision makers. Okay. Um, uh, In fact, the one thing that will get you fired in our company is not making decisions. Interesting. Um, It's the opposite of some people. uh, But if you come into us and and you're working with us, if you're there for the first day, we want you making decisions. If you're making decisions, you will force yourself to learn. If you make a bad decision, we'll cover it. That was a learning experience. Uh, but if you don't make decisions, you will slow everything and everybody around you down. Understood. So we look for decision makers, people of the confidence um, and the courage uh, and the uh, to make decisions and the willingness to recognize they will not all be the right decisions. That, that's when you cut them short. That's what we look for.
1: Awesome. Don't want anybody just kind of sitting on the fence. Just make a call no, already, right? And, and
0: that and pure native intelligence. Uh, we, gotcha. you don't, we, we don't care where it comes from, how they have it, but we want just smart people. Really Understood. super smart people.
1: Understood. I'm going to shift gears just for a little bit, uh, and I want to ask you this. Do entrepreneurs have an obligation, or should they even consider uh, giving commentary on social issues at all?
0: Um, absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I think that's an absolute. We, we live in a world of, um, with many different elements going on, and mm-hmm. I think we all have a social obligation. Um, in fact, if you, I'll, I'll give a, a pitch go to a website, allgoodwork.org. Okay. And that's our own foundation um, where we take physical space, uh, we take the vacancy factor in our industry, mm-hmm. and we've convinced facility operators all over the world to donate that through our foundation, which we in turn. Aligned with charitable organizations that have a need for space to house their people. Um, We did a little corporate headquarters for a a group called the um, Hope Train that runs across sub-Saharan Africa back and forth. There are two trains, actually. And each car is a separate clinic in the train with Mm -hmm. separate doctors and staff for that specialty. And we gave them uh, space for their, their, their headquarters in, in Manhattan that they, they wanted to establish. And because of that, they told us they'd be able to do another 1,100 cataract surgeries this year. Oh, nice. Because they didn't have to pay for the space. Right. So little things like that, we, we support charities all over, um, uh, bring a lot of value. And uh, we all live in communities and work in communities. And we need to support the needs of those communities. Uh, So I absolutely believe strongly in that. In fact, we have a a company that we do business with that they actually give away space, a big percentage of their space, Mm -hmm. in exchange for what we all now in our industry call social capital. Okay. So you don't pay for the space, you just sign up to do things within the space. Understood, and that's your
1: social capital, and that pays for your office. Awesome, thank you for sharing, and I appreciate that. How, have you ever had to turn down a client every once oh, in a while? I'll well, fire
0: a client faster than anybody.
1: <laughs> also, so, uh, and if so. <laughs> and if so um, now, what are some red flags people should look for when it's time to let a, a client go?
0: Um, in- integrity, uh, okay. really. Uh, if you have a, an obligation to your clients to deliver what you say you will when, you, when you've said so. Okay. Uh, your clients, by and large, have an obligation as well, either to pay for that or if the client is a joint venture or a partner, you know, to, to whatever they've ob- obligated themselves uh, towards. And candidly, uh, we don't like people that don't keep up their side of the bargain. Uh, so right. if somebody uh, doesn't pay uh, what they are obligated to, well, of course, you, you cut off services. Um, what? Just try and get out of a restaurant without paying. Uh, you know, you go to jail. Um, so uh, we look very carefully at the economics of, of our client relationships. Um, and from time to time, we also look at the pain in a relationship Um, we will not tolerate a client that's abusive to any of our team members, period. Uh, uh, There's been a lot about sexual harassment, but that's not the only kind of abuse that's out there these days. Of course. Uh, We just don't like mean people. Um, uh, So we have that right to refuse service to anybody attitude, and we think that anybody that's disruptive, you know, you try a few times, you try a few times, and you just say, gosh, we just can't work with you anymore. We're really sorry. Um, You don't have to be mean about it. But uh, you you, you should have your quite high standards in who you're willing to work with because whoever it is, they're getting the gift of your time. Uh, And you have to value your own time as very highly. It's much more valuable than money. Uh, and if somebody is stealing your time being disruptive, then you you do have to change that that 's one of those decisions you have to cut short
1: understood I appreciate that that 's some great information. I hope you caught that startup nation your Your time is extremely valuable and it 's more important than money. I appreciate that, Frank. Thank you so much um, who are your mentors gosh unlimited um, okay. when, when I uh, started in business
0: i i as I said, I transitioned from commercial diving uh, to the yachting industry mm-hmm. uh, and Uh, I had the benefit for about 10 years of dealing with major celebrities, politicians, uh, uh, very, very wealthy individuals in business. And uh, the people in that industry are fascinating to me, much more so than the large vessels that we were building and racing and selling and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So I I had the ability to literally become part of the, the family. I mean, if you, if you are involved with somebody doing something they really love, like purchasing or cruising a big racing a big yacht, uh, and we were at the upper end of the of, of the industry, you have a very special relationship, a very almost a, a family type relationship, and and so I had many of those people uh, the chance to sit down for days or even weeks at a time, and. Uh, learned their lessons, and many of those lessons uh, again have stuck with me uh, uh, through the years, and and they're they're very very have been very valuable to helping me to make decisions for sure.
1: And I, I have to ask because this keeps coming up as well your 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 love for the aquatic arts, if you will. You, you mentioned diving, you mentioned yachting. Is that from uh, living out there on the west coast or? You just like love, you know, being near water. What does that come from?
0: Well, I've I, I raised on the water uh, okay. pretty much. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're Newport Beach and Balboa. Um, gotcha. Uh, so uh, if I'd been raised on a ranch, I'd probably love horses. Fair enough. But I'm, I'm still an old surfer, sailor type guy. And, and uh, so if I'm not in or around the ocean every day, I start to go through withdrawal.
1: <laughs> uh, gotcha. Okay. So let me ask you this, you know, and I know you got a lot of competitors out there in the virtual office space. Why should somebody go with Alliance and not anybody else?
0: Well, every company says they have superior service. Um, so uh, I'll say that same thing. Uh, we really have a, a caring attitude towards our, our clients. Um, and, uh, a, a service standard at our, at the center level, at the facilities level. Um, uh, many companies, uh, and, and think in travel, if you will, um, uh, uh, many companies have every kind of hotel imaginable on their site. Good, bad, and ugly. They just got everything. Mm-hmm. And we actually fo- focus on a quality service standards at each facility. Um, and that is a differentiator. We aren't concerned with having the biggest inventory so much as the inventory that provides the best services. So we have segmented ourselves into that layer and uh, kind of the, the serious layer. And as a result, we, from what we've seen, we have a longer customer life cycle than anybody in the industry. And that means ultimately we have a lower cost of customer acquisition than anybody in the industry, which uh, proves that if you do provide superior services,
1: you will have superior clients. Understood. Thank you for sharing that. Frank, I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours and why? Well, it's certainly not my sense of humor. Oh, no. No, yes,
0: it is. (laughs) Um, uh, What would be my... um, I can see the future. Okay. I can see the future. And uh, um, so that's my my superpower. I can look about three years ahead and see things before anyone else does. Um, And I would explain that, uh, as you asked. I would say it's not a superpower. It's a discipline of having of being a good student. I hear that. Spending every day learning and not just learning what others have done, but trying to apply what you're learning. And I think when people say they study their industry, um, most people that do that, uh, they stay, uh, they put on blinders, uh, uh, get myopic and look at one aspect of their industry, not everything that's attached to it. They don't go up to 50,000 feet or uh, up into orbit and look down and see the full scope of things. So I can see the future and that helps me to connect dots faster.
1: I hear that. Seeing the future and making connections. I love to hear that for sure. Um, let me ask you this, you know, and we're, and this is the part of the show where, you know, if you want to plug any specials or promotions, just want to plug the business, any social media uh, for people to follow you, the floor is yours to do exactly that, Frank.
0: I'd like to plug Alliance Virtual Offices as a company, and it's very sure. easy to reach at alliancevirtualoffices.com. Uh, if people are interested just to learn more about our industry in general, uh, uh, the they could go to a website called allwork.space. Um, they might find great interest there. That's a publication that we put out on behalf of the industry to try and help the industry at large, not just ourselves. And it's mm-hmm. the largest news and information uh, source uh, around uh, our industry and flexibility in the workplace. If you want to do good, go to allgoodwork.org. Okay. Um, that's uh, our foundation, and we help... Uh, uh, charitable organizations by providing office space and facilities and services to them at no cost uh, on a, I'll say on a global basis, but we're focused mostly in North America.
1: And lastly, before we let you go, Frank, once again, thank you for coming on the Startup Life. We really do appreciate it. Last question before you go, any parting advice for an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur? Never stop. Just
0: never stop. The uh, one thing uh, does lead to another. And sometimes a a first success um, uh, keeps you into a a particular limited path. So when I say never stop, never stop looking, never stop learning, never stop expanding uh, everything you do uh, to drive forward. And that's the only direction that you should ever have is, is forward. And the only speed you should ever ha- have is full speed. So just never, ever stop. Uh, don't, if you're thinking about retiring, you're not an entrepreneur. If you're I thinking about selling because you're going to make get rich, you're not an entrepreneur. Um, mm. you're, you're, just, you're just a transaction guy.
1: I hear that. So, Frank, that's going to wrap up the start of life. Did you enjoy being on the show? Absolutely. All right, Startup Nation. So here's my final take. It was an absolute honor to have Frank on our show, as he is by far our most experienced entrepreneur that we've had on the show. His story not only speaks to legacy entrepreneurship as he's learned from both sides of his family, but also the fact that he wants people to know that learning is an activity that never stops. When he talks about that, he learns. Uh, like Generation Z as a kind of an ad hoc or custom made learning curriculum for the entrepreneur. Also, I really appreciated that he pointed out that relationship building is super important to not only him but other entrepreneurs as well because Frank knows that people don't buy things from people that they don't know and I'm really glad that he pointed that out. Also Startup Nation this is a very special episode because this is episode 70 of The Startup Life. Once again thank you for taking this journey with us and I hope you're really getting value from our show. I I say it time and time again if you're not able to use or you're not getting actionable advice after every single episode then i'm not doing my job and if i'm not doing my job let me know so that we that way we can rectify that but i guess with this being episode 70 this is officially the march to episode 100 so i hope you'll join us when we get to that point i'm trying to think of some ideas of what i may do i think i have a pretty solid one but i'm going to vet that out a little bit but once again thank you startup nation or join in the startup life journey, and hey, let's continue the ride of learning and adding value. If you want to let us know what you think about the show, have an idea for a show topic, or like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a new way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is here in the show notes. To subscribe to the show, as it can now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.